Blog Talk Radio. Grand Rising, and thank you all for joining us on another edition of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, and today we've got a special treat for you. We're going to be talking to a brilliant entrepreneur, someone who has seen the opportunities to take advantage of a need. And as a result of that need, she and her husband are launching a new business in the personal transportation industry. So we want you to sit back, relax, and meet Trevia Jones. We'll be right back. So stay with us. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing, share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, We are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. And we are ready to bring in our co-host, Kareem Hamid, for this Wednesday morning, and our American Muslim 360 family. As you know, we are broadcasting live on two stations on Wednesday, and we invite you to call in, 515 515- 605-9325 or 515-605-9891. And 
press 1 so that we know you have something to say. Today we want to encourage entrepreneurship. We want to encourage new ideas, and we want to encourage confidence in those ideas because we now have a new economy. One thing that the COVID international crisis created was creativity. And it helped us to understand we are responsible for our survival, which means we need to create new ways of surviving that are more reliant on each person-to-person relationship and not so much big corporations or government. This is the transition that we're experiencing. So for those who are prepared, they'll have an opportunity to demonstrate their creativity. So we'll be right back with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family and our guest, Trevia Jones. We'll be right back. So stay with us. And we are back, and we'll be right back in just one moment. So we invite you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Muslim 360 family this morning. And my co-host is with us at this time. 
Naima Latif, I extend the greetings to you of Assalamu alaikum. Peace be unto you. Wa alaikum salam, and peace be unto you as well. We are so excited to be with you today, and as always, we invite our callers to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when they're ready to speak, and we will certainly... We will certainly get your comments. One of the things we want to encourage people to do is to think creatively. Our world is changing, and if we are ready, then we are able to change with it, and we are able to benefit from those changes. So today, of course, we want to talk about all of the opportunities that are available. And one of the things that are available, as we have seen, we've seen companies that have emerged as a result of the pandemic, and we've seen opportunities. Now, one of the things that we've noticed is that business is becoming more personal. We've had person-to-person delivery of groceries. We've had personal ride-sharing companies emerge and we have had many of the health in home health services emerge because people were not going out to clinics so what we're seeing is an emergence of new ideas that require more interpersonal contact and less of the big corporate organized services. That means it's time for us to think differently. Now, our invited guest today is actually in the process of working and won't be able to join us visually here, but certainly presented an idea for us to explore the opportunities, and encourage more ideas. When we stop seeing ourselves as victims of a system and see the challenge of creating better systems, then we can create. So we want to encourage people who have ideas to call in, 515 Six zero five nine three two five, and we want you to press one so that you are uh, your number is lit up in our switchboard, or you can call in five one five six zero five nine eight nine one, and that lights your number up in the AM three sixty switchboard, and our co-host Kareem Hamid can open your mic. But we certainly do want to encourage people to think 
of ways that they can take advantage of a new economy that is based on person-to-person service. Because we're preparing to launch a whole new economic system that does not require money at all, but only requires personal service. So in order for us to get to that level, we have to transform our thinking and realize that among ourselves we have everything we need. All we have to do is share. Now, one of the things uh, that uh, we learned with our scheduled guest was that people need service. And that's what gave rise to companies like Lyft and Uber, where using our modern technology and communication systems, we can know who it is we're picking up, and the rider can know who it is that's driving them, which is different than the, the, the company-owned cab services, where you call the cab number, you get some guy, you don't know who it is, they don't know who you are, we had a lot of robberies, <laughs> and that, that that system was not safe. But now, the way we are able to connect, where you can see a person's identity, and cell phones are just magnificent in being able to give us insight as to who a person is. People have personal information such as Facebook pages, Instagram pages, YouTube channels. So we can know who each other is. So there's no there's no danger in dealing with a a stranger. And then we can know who the person is that is transporting us. We can look up ways uh, to determine who they are, <laughs> where they even live, uh, some background, so that we know each other even though we don't know each other. And because we have these electronic banking systems, funds are transferred, so then there's no there's no cash to rob. So a lot of ways that we have been doing business can be transformed using that model. And this is what we want to talk about today. Because as we look at the world, and look at the way we have the ability to connect with each person in the world, we can find better ways of doing business that is personal and trustworthy and helpful and not exploitive. And we can actually create a new economy based on our connection to each other and our fulfilling each other's needs. So we want to take a look at that today and talk about several ideas. Uh, The young lady who is now in the process of driving, so she informed me that she's not able to speak, but her inspiration, the inspiration of her idea is something that we want to look at as a means of perhaps giving others the courage to 
come forth with their ideas and think of ways we can serve each other and provide for each other's needs so that everyone has what they need and there is no need to rob anyone because everyone is provided for. So that's what we're looking at today. And, Brother Kareem, I'm excited because I've got a number of ideas that we've put forth on this show that I want us to develop so that we can begin to see the opportunities and develop those opportunities and create. That's what we do as human beings. We have the power of creation. So, Kareem, one of the things that I want to throw out there, uh, because of the young lady that we had spoken to, was talking about the transportation business. And I've had, well, my my husband used to drive a cab, and my father had driven a cab for a time. So that's an experience that both of them had. I have have close friends that have driven cabs. And I had a friend that was robbed in his cab. And, And so one of the things that made the Uber and the Lyft businesses attractive is because, number one, anybody could get into it. You know, you could drive people places. uh, And you could just be a regular person and do something part-time. And there was no money exchange. Everything was electronic transfer. So, therefore, that fear of being robbed was removed. We are moving toward more electronic funds transferring, electronic banking systems, and so forth. Because another thing that happens, uh, some pizza delivery companies have declined to go in certain neighborhoods because people would order pizza and then, you know, rob rob the pizza guy, which is pitiful. Um, So even some of the grocery delivery companies and food delivery companies, again, everything is electronic transfer. So if someone delivers your food, they're not carrying money. Um, and if the way it works, you have to send the money, you have to transfer the money before they bring the food. So that eliminates the fear of robbery. So what we have to do is create ways that we work together and do not have to fear each other in terms of being dishonest or deceptive or dangerous, and we can simply provide service. Now, there are also other services such as, you know, a lot of people shop online and they go to company Craigslist, which, you know, a lot of people sell and buy and trade things on, on Craigslist, which means you're, you're buying and selling directly to individuals as opposed to going through a department store. And for a lot of people, that that works well for them. They get what they need, and people are able to to sell things. And it's another way that people are able to do business with person-to-person contact as opposed to going through a department store, a big corporation. And as a result, people are empowered as individuals to earn a living with what they have, with the abundance of what they already have, and this keeps us from being dependent 
on larger companies or the government because we already have what we need and we just need to get it to people who need it so that they can exchange and we can receive the payment that we need that enables us to then go and and purchase from someone else. So I see that as really the new economy, more of the person-to-person kinds of services. We have home health care where people are coming into the homes of of seniors or or disabled or people who uh, may need emotional support. And they're coming to, they're making house calls and people who may need help with, with home maintenance and cleaning. And so it's a personal service kind of thing. And there are people now who are, who are earning a living doing that. As a matter of fact, one of our hosts, our Friday host, uh, Diada, she had a home cleaning business for quite a while. And you make friends. You get to know people. Your clients are people that you know, like, and trust. And it's a different kind of relationship than going to an office where there's a boss and they can fire you and, and you're doing things you don't really like or you have to work with people you don't really like. It's a whole different way of earning a living. You're doing what you choose to do with people that you know, like, and trust and there's the integrity involved that you trust each other. You trust them to pay you in whatever your payment was that you agreed upon. They trust you to do the work that you agreed to do. And there's no conflict because there is integrity involved. So we want to take a look at how we can begin to transform all of the industries that have been perhaps corporately owned and controlled and therefore people have been shut out of earning a living, how we can begin to transform them so that they are more personal, more private, and more controlled by the people so that we can literally go back to the way things were before we had big government running everything. And one of those big issues is trust because we always feel like we have to make people do things right. And without some enforcer, people will hurt people. So, Kareem, what do you think about that when it comes to being able to function without a government overseer simply because people choose to operate with integrity. Do you think we can ever get to that point where we have evolved as a society emotionally, spiritually, mentally? Well, we understand if we just treat people right, we will not have problems and we can manage our own affairs without an overseeing government making people do things under the threat of imprisonment if they don't. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, well, you know, uh, my thinking leads me to that we should not just, we, we should not discount 
the uh, services that a government offers. Uh, as far as a overseer, you know, uh, it's your business. You are the overseer of it, and you are responsible for it. But there have to be rules of the road, you know, in uh, in uh, a business effort like the uh, the government plan of actually paying a family member or a caregiver that comes in and uh, takes care of people that are incapacitated or seniors. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that is a government program. Uh, I think it's, it's through national market. So 
we we can start small, but aim higher. Aim higher. Try to get into the sale to other countries, other customers all around the world. And that way we can expand. We have to, I think, and have to now become universal because that is the area that we're in now. Universality. That is the reality now. So, uh, you know, um, uh, this is an excellent opportunity for the the, uh, creative mind and the pioneering spirit and having confidence in oneself and your efforts and that stick to it. So our markets have expanded, and uh, uh, I pray that we take advantage of that, you know. Uh, But locally, uh, there are services. That we can uh, can can offer that, inshallah, customers will uh, see a need for that service. You name it, from uh, uh, from you know, I I've seen homes whereby weather has uh, has really made the outside look real bad, like a aluminum siding. Yeah. And there are companies that have popped up that will come and pressure holes, pressure holes, the outside of your home, and make it look like like new. Yeah. Uh, all it requires is a compressor and the adamant, uh, uh, the uh, the adequate amount of water and whatever solution that you may use. That's one idea, you know, but among many, I'm quite sure. So we we have to begin to think think bigger. Uh, yeah. If you open up a a, a restaurant in your neighborhood, don't just aim at the, the neighborhood. Aim at the connecting community Absolutely. that's next to. Where you open us, we have to expand our mind, expand our thinking. That because is Because this is a, is, is a circumstance and a situation that is brought now, and the reward goes to the, the creative mind and those that are willing to put forth the effort. So uh, I'm looking forward to hear, hearing ideas from the listening audience as to what they would
uh, what artificial intelligence, you know, these, these, these mechanic voices, you have that, you have automated systems. So even if you get a person, like you say, they might be in a whole different country and they're following a script. Mm-hmm. So impersonal. Yeah, and, that, that's very but, frustrating. And also, what, what gets me is that you can call and sometimes you're not, that's a re, a recorded response. Yes. You know, that's right. You are having trouble with your system, especially cable and all mm-hmm. of that. And this robot comes on and you're trying to, to reach somebody to help you, and you're consistent. Well, for me, I'm consistently saying over the phone, tech support. Yes. Tech support, but that's not what they're offering. You know? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, 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 that person to person yes. has uh, extended now, and we can establish relationships personal contact with the world Absolutely. and offer our products, our services with the world, inshallah. But it's only the creative thinker and those that have the actual uh, initiative to enter into this new economic system that we're in is open to every, everyone now. Yeah. It's open to everyone. Open to everyone. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk about an idea that we've been uh, discussing, a couple of ideas that we've been discussing on the female solution, but one in particular that I believe can solve a whole lot of problems and create a lot of solutions and generate a lot of abundance where we all have what we need. So we'll talk about that. When we come back, and if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, just give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1 when you're ready to speak, and we will gladly open your mic and get your thoughts. We'll be right back after this quick break, so stay with us. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim, of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Are you constantly arguing with your spouse Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? 
Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. services 
and and people could get involved as a personal uh, entrepreneur and make money uh, part-time or full-time. And it helped us to get to know each other, and, and even if just those brief moments, in a way that created different kinds of relationships. And then people would have groceries delivered because, Again, some people had to stay inside, whether they be quarantined or they were ill. So that gave more opportunities for people in the personal delivery service, just random people. And they could sign up and become, you know, Uber expanded, I thought, with Uber Eats and, you know, and DoorDash and all these other companies. So then we began to see a lot of other things expanding, as as, as our co-host Kareem Hamid pointed out, the government even will pay family members to take care of family members because there's a need for home care. And and so that became even some people even creating their own home health care services where they would send people into the home. And sometimes it was someone that you knew, a family member, that you trusted to take care of you. So... What we realize is that when we remove the intention of what we're doing from how can I make a bunch of money off of people to how can I serve, well, then the money comes. But what we get is the service that we need. So what we have suggested here on The Female Solution is that we begin the process of changing the minds of people to see the economy of the future as one in which we all participate in the service to each other. Now, one thing that we've seen grow is what's called crowdfunding, meaning somebody may have an emergency situation or somebody might have uh, an event they're trying to do or even a bill they need to pay, you know, such as someone passes away, didn't have insurance, and then they set up, what, what is it, GoFundMe, you know, what's called crowdfunding, where you get a bunch of people who give you a little bit, and it ends up being enough of what you need when you need to raise a large amount of money. Well, that certainly does solve problems for somebody who maybe they go to a bank and can't get alone because they've got bad credit or don't have an income, but they need money. So if we look at that, again, as a solution to a problem, then we can do more of that when someone is in need rather than us simply watch and shake our heads as somebody is put out of their house because they can't pay the mortgage because they've lost their job or been sick in the hospital for a long time and haven't been able to earn a living. As a collective, we can help. So one of the things that we we plan to do on the Female Solution uh, on our on our website is to set up a funding page where we'll have different causes, 
and people can choose to contribute to them. And we'll explain what the cost is, what the person needs or people need, you know, whatever the emergency situation is or, or unforeseen situation is, and we'll set it up so that people can contribute to it so that they can collectively help someone. And we want to do this as a way to alleviate problems that have to do with someone not having money. Now, of course, you have to put all of the 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 uh, protections in place to make sure it doesn't get misused. But also we want to make it possible for people who don't have any other means to solve their problems to get help from their community. And the world is our community now because we're all connected. And this is how crowdfunding has been. We've had people who maybe had some family tragedy and would set up a GoFundMe page. Maybe, you know, someone died tragically uh, suddenly in an, an auto accident, didn't have any insurance, the family can't bury them, and people would, would, would pay or someone needed surgery and had no health insurance and, you know, life-saving surgery, needed a kidney, and, you know, people would contribute. I mean, it's all kinds of things we see happening where people out of out of their, the goodness of their heart would help. So we want to encourage that and even make it possible for people who have business ideas and, and need to raise capital if they just had some financial backing. They could make this idea work, especially if it's a if it's an enterprise that would empower a lot of other people to then have employment. The idea is for us to eliminate poverty and suffering by relying on each other, because we are the solution to our own problems. But we have to have the mindset of trust and honesty and integrity. And we have to have compassion and not judgment. So often we will despise someone who doesn't have money or has poor credit as if they're not a good person. When things can happen in your life. And no one should be stuck in a state of homelessness and despair simply because maybe they don't have a family that that is intact enough to provide for them or emotionally supportive enough. No one should be suffering the way people are suffering as a result of that. So this is this is the mindset that we want to generate. Now there's a I want to throw this thought out there and get responses from our listeners and viewers. Several years ago, well, many, many years ago, when I just came out of college, and I saw that young people didn't have summer jobs, and there just weren't enough in the, you know, city programs and so forth to employ young people. And I saw that there was a need for a lot of a lot of homeowners, a lot of seniors, or just people who didn't have time to do little maintenance things like. Uh, a little grass cutting and, and, you know, cleaning and things like that that young people could be employed to do. 
So I came up with the thought mathematically, because on the block where I live, I think there are 40 houses on, 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 in the, on the blocks where I live, in the neighborhood where I live. So I figured out, I think if each home gave $5, I think it was some minimal thing, each, each, each home contributed $5, and uh, I think, and then, of course, 5 times 40, that ends up being 200 So that would be the money that would pay for the hourly work of young people doing the maintenance and the lawn care of the homes of people who needed that service. And then I I created a system where the, the, the young people who would actually go door to door and sign up these people would get a percentage of that money as a commission. So I had this whole thing mathematically uh, worked out in my head, and we actually did this program. I think I call it M&M Development, M&M Community Development. That was the name of the company that I started back in, I think, 1984. 84, I'm dating myself, 84. But the idea was a community cooperative effort, and it worked, but there also were things that we discovered in the process of creating that. And that was that this is the kind of thing that can work, but everybody has to be honest. Uh, that means uh, paying when they say they're going to pay, of course. And then the young people have to be trained on how to do it correctly. One thing, I had, I had hired some young people who, they, they, they lived in the project, so they didn't really know how to mow a lawn because there were no lawns there. It was just concrete. So I, I, I learned that. Uh, and uh, I also learned that when we do things as a collective, then uh, people have to have trust. Uh, and, and that means if people are hesitant to pay for something, because they don't trust you and you're trusting them and doing the work, then something breaks down. So everybody involved has to be involved at the level of trust and integrity and following through with their uh, with their promise. And I actually had a contract that, that each homeowner signed when they were signing up for this service and paying their, their money which helped me understand the importance of having written what your agreement is. So I think this kind of thing could still work in many neighborhoods where there's a need for trash pickup, uh, there's a need for regular maintenance, uh, there's a need for landscaping so that the place is beautified, and there are people who need that kind of work. If neighbors would collectively contribute. So 
Kareem, what are your what are your thoughts about the possibility of going to neighborhoods that are in shambles and getting that kind of work? Now, one of the other things that came up in in, in doing this program, I think we did it for a couple of years, several summers, uh, and it, it evolved because then people were saying, well, we we need more than just lawn care and and, and you know and, and trash pickup and and you know things like window washing or whatever. We need real professional work. So we actually expanded to include local contractors. And that was good, except one thing I also learned is that a lot of the contractors who wanted to be in business had worked for someone else, and they knew how to do the work, but they didn't have the experience in the management end of it. So they didn't always know how to price materials and labor because someone else had done that. So they made errors sometimes in calculations. So what we learned is that a person has to, if you're in a business, you have to know every aspect of it, which means understanding how much it costs for you to do something. And it's not just, you know, giving the lowest price. You have to make sure you include all your costs, and then use materials that are of quality because if you use cheap materials, then it doesn't last and then the customer's angry. So we learned a lot, but still in that learning process, we realized this is a workable solution to our economic distress in many areas where it's trashy, uh, dirty, dilapidated, like you said, you know, some of these buildings that are falling apart. We can collectively repair these things and not just get mad, you know, well, the city should do this or, or you know, this, this millionaire should do that. If we all gave a little, we can fix the problem. But the thing that has to be fixed first is what is in a, inside ourselves. First, number one thing being trust enough in each other to actually do it. So what are your thoughts about that? Yes, um, that's an excellent idea. I, as you were speaking, I, uh, what came across my mind was uh, collective, collective purposes yeah. uh, and also uh, a, a, a huge business uh, opportunity, and I don't mean it's hair. Uh, the beauty supply industry. Uh, if someone that is very proficient in hair care, instead of a customer having to call a, a shop, they can. Uh, appointment, sit and wait for hours until it's their turn. If that service was offered at the home level, we will actually come to your home mm. and uh, and uh, and perform the service that you requested. I would suggest that there be more than one person that there be a uh, a number of people that are proficient in hair care, yeah. uh, and someone can 
schedule an appointment right in the safety and comfort of their home. Uh, once I believe that the that's that is wide open now because we see how the hair care business it has really I mean, it's everywhere. Uh, 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 women are wearing, uh, where can I do, weave, and also, and also the, the, the very intricate, uh, decorative braids, braiding, mm-hmm. is another service that's in demand, and, uh, if someone can have that service brought to them, I think that would be very convenient for the customer. Uh, and uh, uh, you are rendering a service that, and uh, it, it's actually freeing up the customer. They can set the days and time that that, that the hair care professional can come by and perform their service right in the comfort of their home. The customer doesn't have to leave home, doesn't have mm-hmm. to go into the shop, sit and wait until it's their turn and all of that. Uh, that's one small tip that I'm offering. But uh, it, it's not small, really, because everywhere where I go, I see women with very intricate hairstyles, uh, 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 and, uh, <laughs> yes. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. Cause, yeah, that takes a long time, too, these hairstyles. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah. Uh, and as far as hair care of father, the Asian markets have somewhat cornered that. They somewhat cornered that hair care supply. Uh, if there are enough individuals that are, are in that are, are in that same profession, uh, if they use the I use collective purchasing, some of these products come from out of Asia, Bangladesh, other areas around the world. Mm. Uh, the greater units that you order of any product lowers the cost. It lowers the wholesale cost. It lowers the wholesale cost. So if there are people interested in the same business, in the, the same product, and if they can be in contact with one and another and offer that idea, they can actually order a whole shipping crate. Mm. Shipping crates are those large steel uh, steel boxes that are on ships. Uh, that's a whole crate of product. And that collective purchase, inshallah, will lower each unit price. But it takes a collective effort and uh, and the will to do that. We can shop the world now. We, we, we don't have to shop just around the... We, we can shop the world for the products and necessities that will help us in yeah. 
That's right. It's going to take cooperation, collectiveness, and trust. That is uh, it. So that's one idea that we can There's nothing, you know, collective and purchasing is an idea that I, I think we have abandoned. Uh, you mentioned uh, a neighborhood, and uh, there are areas that have overgrowth, overgrowth on vacant lots, overgrowth uh, uh, around abandoned structures which leads to, uh, it's an eyesore, and also uh, the uh, those that don't mean well, <laughs> they mm-hmm. those dwellings. So if we had block clubs once, club clubs once more, block clubs that have an interest in the community in which they live, the price of your property diminishes as the the surrounding area around you is left unkempt. That's right. You're adding value to your home and your community. That collective effort, I believe, would would truly help us in a collective fashion. Praise to Allah. It really would. There are many ideas that uh, I believe will work. Yes, and and that's something that everybody who lives in a neighborhood should think about. Rather than walk past a vacant lot that's full of trash and it's right near your home and get upset and angry and say, well, why doesn't the alderman do something? Why doesn't the, why doesn't the, the, the mayor do something? If you've got a bunch of people on your block, how simple is it for you to contribute money to have someone come and clean it up, someone who doesn't have a job? That's the intelligent thing to do. Mm-hmm. Instead of us being upset and fearful at young people who are in their frustration doing destructive things, why not collectively put the money together to pay them to do that kind of work and teach them how? And that's another thing that, that I discovered in the program that we had started so long ago. You can't just assume that people know how to do things. There were, were, there were some young people that, uh, that we employed, you know, maybe their, their fathers had taught them how to mow a lawn or, or, or how to wash windows or something. But then there are some who just didn't know. They didn't have, they didn't have families that taught them how to do this kind of work, even something as as, as minor as, as sweeping, you know, cleaning up something. So sometimes you have to teach how to do basic work. You know, don't berate somebody because they don't know how. Because, I mean, how, how often do we do that to our children? We fuss at them for not knowing how to clean their room. Well, they, went, they didn't come out the womb knowing how to make a bed. You have, to show, you have to show people how to do something and then do it with them and then let them do it and, and, and let them learn from their mistakes and then show them how to correct their mistakes. That's how you teach. So we have an opportunity to take these, as you mentioned, you know, torn up vacant lots that bring the property value down for everybody in the neighborhood, and that becomes the solution to the problem of unemployed people. Now, questions somebody's probably going to ask, well, these young people, they don't want to do nothing. They're just lazy. 
Well, maybe if you make work something that is not only fun, but um, you encourage it. I mean, you could play music while you're doing it. You could do all kind of things. You could have a clean-up party. You could have them, you know, do spoken word while they clean up, make up, make up songs about cleaning. You can, you can do creative things around cleaning up a torn-up vacant lot, and you collectively raise the money to pay the people that are doing it, and you can praise them for doing it and make them feel good about about contributing to the uplifting of the community. You can create a different mindset when it comes to cleaning. Instead of p- treating people who clean up as like they're garbage, treat people with honor and respect because they're enhancing your life and your well-being and, and your and beautifying your surroundings. So if we change our minds about things, then we'll change their response to us. When we ask young people to do something, if we make it something honorable, make it something fun, make it something worthwhile, you know, serve some food afterwards, you know, all kinds of things, we can change our surroundings. Everything doesn't have to be sad or painful, or distressing, we can make work fun. You know what, I I saw this video, Brother Kareem, of people in the community, I can't remember the the village in Africa, I can't remember the, the country, it might have been Kenya, I'm not sure, but they were doing farming on a piece of land, and it looked like a dance. And what I was seeing was the way the community came together and farmed so that it was fun. And there was a kind of a dance step to it and all of that. And and I said, oh, that's how you should work. That's how you should do a collective operation such as farming or even in our case, trash pickup, you know. Even that little silly song, want to jump down, turn around, pick a bale of cotton. I'm sure it, it probably evolved out of us being able to do hard work in a way that made it fun so that you didn't feel the, the, the stress of it and it was a community participatory effort. We can do the same thing with this cleanup that, we're, that, that needs to happen. Because we can either do that or we can keep getting mad at the, the governor, the mayor, the aldermen, and and every other elected official for not making it happen or, or, or sending garbage trucks or people to do it. We can we can do that. We can keep complaining about it. Or we can choose to fix the problem ourselves so that it no longer exists. It's our choice. Uh, you uh, remind me of that pre-pandemic, pre, uh, pre I'm uh, involved with an organization called 24-1. That means that 24-1 is emblematic of 24 small municipalities that surround the, the, uh, the, the small city that I live in. And uh, there, there was a grassroots effort to address the mayors of these small municipalities, the small city councils, and the, the idea was floated among, uh, among them 
of a huge cleanup effort, a large cleanup effort, uh, utilizing our youth. And uh, the but this municipality would provide the the uh, needed tools, you know, the trucks, mm-hmm. trash bags, brooms, shovels, and stuff like that. It was agreed upon. And, but the uh, focus is that this effort was aimed at utilizing our youth, the young people. Uh, and uh, Uh-oh, I think we lost our connection. We're, we're going to take a quick break and come right back and reconnect. So, And then we're going to take our caller, uh, 706-202. You're on the line. We're going to come right to you after our quick break, and we're going to reconnect with our co-host. And we'll be right back after this quick break. So we want you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be right back after this message. So stay with us. In to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Sofa Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. Sister Naima and Brother Kareem. 
Excellent topic that you have for this day. And this is Brother Kwame, and I'm calling you from DeKalb, Illinois. Uh, and I'm yeah, still yep. here visiting still here visiting my mom. And, you know, looking at how we honor the area in which we live in, and the part that you're saying is how do we show our youth how to be responsible for that which they are uh, a part of. They're, they're a part of that neighborhood. They live in that house. And what we're doing is is showing in a way how do you be responsible for what that is yours, that reflects you. And that reflection has to be a community effort, and that's what you're speaking to, in that those ones that own those homes or those live in those apartments in that, that area have to see themselves as being more than just a tenant or a uh, a renter. So what we're looking at is teaching the part of being responsible for what you own. And that's a part of what we are missing kind of in our communities is values, morals, respect, and ethics. And the part where you're speaking to and Kareem was speaking about the, the barber and my mom, we had our Earth Day Saturday. And what the barber did, he, my sister's barber came to the house and he gave her her haircut. And it was the part of being able to have that service because I remember when I was a youth and the, the man that would come to our house on Saturday mornings and give me and my brother's haircuts. So these are ways in which we once upon a time did. And I had the opportunity to talk to him about confessions. Confessions is a uh, black organization about black mental health. And who better knows and sits and, and talks with the people in their chair is their barber. And they know about the issues and things that people are going through. And these are tools in which to help show them how they don't have to go through these type of situations alone. And these are the tools that we have to begin to care for we have to do this because we're looking for someone else, but it's a it's a we. And it begins, the destruction begins in the home, the construction will begin in the home. The destruction mm. of a nation begins in the home. The construction of a nation begins in the home. Because how you show that child how to care for, like you said, making up your bed or doing chores and being given not allowance, but you give them for what you do, you're compensated. And children and young people have creativity. Allow them to say how they want to create that vacant lot. What would be a thing that they would do and how would they bring that community to reflect them as also reflecting the parents and grandparents of that that community. These are the ways in which we have to begin to say, not just say you got to do no ask them can what what can you do what can you create to help your neighborhood look better and allow them to participate and show their creativity i i love that i think that is a fantastic idea because when you make people feel involved 
and empower them to make decisions, then they have a vested interest. You're not going to tear up something that you helped to fix up. Why we see things like vandalism is because people don't feel a part of the community. They feel hostile toward the community because sometimes the community is hostile toward them or they feel that the community is hostile toward them. So when you have pride in something, and that's, that's what people have noticed when it comes to the difference between home ownership and public housing. When you're living in public housing and then the people don't even fix it up, you're showing they don't respect you enough to make you feel valued in the home where you're living, so then you end up not respecting the home yourself. But when it's yours, and you're the one that's designing the lawn and the landscaping, and you're the one that's painting the, the house, and you're the one that's, that's, that's putting the fence on it, around the property, and you're the one that's planting the flowers, you're not going to tear it up because you have pride in it. I think that is an excellent thing that we and can do so that, they, so that people feel a part of the neighborhood where they live. Right, and the part is is that that's the part that I'm sharing is that when you are part of it, you're not going to allow someone to come in and destroy that which is reflection of your people. And these are the things that's how you have the value. You value where you live. If you don't value where you live, you don't have any values about what happens in your in your immediate area. So these are the ways in which we have to begin to show our children and show them that being responsible for what what you are a part of helps reflect you as an individual. It's not, you know, that individual, I am because we are, therefore if I am not, then we are not. And so that's the part that we have to begin to instill in our children. It is a we. There's no I in we. We live here. We are the people that they see. We are the ones that have to to come here every day and look at this. And if you look at something that you're proud of, you, you carry yourself in a better way than looking at something that you're disgusted with and you don't want to do better. Absolutely. And that, that brings me to another thought that I'd like to share and get your opinion on. A couple of years ago, right right at the pandemic, <laughs> we created Pandemic Farm, uh, which was a program to take vacant lots and turn them into places where food could grow. Now, in that process, I learned a lot because we we went to we 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 targeted a particular lot that was just sitting there. But in that process, first we cleared it out and everything, and then we studied the plants that were growing there. And in that process, I learned so much. First of all, just like our bodies are designed to self-repair, well, you know, Mother Earth's body is designed to self-repair. And everything that Mother Earth does is to repair herself. So the plants that grow in the ground, they form a particular function. Now, we might not value it because it might be something that we don't know uh, the nutritional value or it might even be poisonous to our bodies. But for Mother Earth, it is necessary. So there are some plants that we're, that plants that we're calling weeds are really the plants that we don't understand their function. And what do we do when we don't understand something? We kill it. 
That's the human ignorance. But in studying each of those plants that were growing, first of all, I learned the benefit they were having to the soil in replenishing the soil of its nutrients. Things like dandelions that, you know, people who want to have a nice even lawn look at is unwanted, but dandelions do some very important things in breaking up the soil so that worms can function, and worms do a very important function in the soil so that other plants can grow that nourish us. So everything works together for the good, if we, the human being, understood it. So we were able to study each of the plants that were growing and discover not only their their nutrients they were given to the soil, the ways they positively help repair the soil that we had damaged, you know, with our pollutants and, 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 and toxins and everything, but also many of these plants had medicinal value and nutritional value that many of the indigenous people understood and benefited from. So this was such a learning process for us in doing that program. And what I see is this is what is needed for us to take all of these lots that are simply just growing plants, and, and, and we're, look, we're seeing it as an eyesore, we need to take these plants and use them as teaching tools for our young people to know what is growing there and respect what's growing there. Detox the land by getting rid of, you know, old trash that we put there, rusty nails and old equipment. Remove that from the soil and nurture the soil. We can be teaching young people these things, and then we can also be growing food on this land, food that will be used to feed the general community. Because there, there are many, many, you know, churches and, and, and mosques and other uh, houses of faith that are doing the service of feeding, you know, the hungry, the homeless, and so forth, using food from maybe food pantries and things like that. And that's good. Well, we want to we increase that. What if you don't have money to buy food but you're hungry? Is there a way we can have these fields growing food, first of all, using them to teach about what's growing there now and how that's helping the soil, and, then, and, and participating in the cleanup of these places, using that as a means of not only educating but also employing, and when we grow the food, have it be free and available for whoever is hungry. Now, that's the thought. That's the vision that we're putting forth to put that pro- program in motion. Um, some aspects of it this year, because there's always the opportunity to start the clean-up process, but then also the free food growing. Now, I want us to examine what the what the objections of that would be so that we are prepared to overcome those objections. And one of those first ones is that, well, won't that devalue the, 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 the uh, people who are growing food for profit and they need to make money? Well... And so what if it does? Because at some point, at some point, we have to create an economy that doesn't involve money so much as exchange of service. And right now it doesn't make sense 
that we have farmers that are paid to not grow food so that the price can be at a certain rate which prices out some people from even being able to eat, which pushes them to the point of desperation where they steal. So what if we made something as basic as food available for those who don't have the capacity to pay for it, but the earth is willing to give it for free if we just nurture the earth? What are your thoughts about that? So, Brother Kareem, what are your thoughts? Right. You know, being connected to the earth is a very rewarding uh, direction. Praise be to Almighty God. There there are systems, ecosystems. And uh, the more we learn about them, them, the more we see that uh, those systems exist exist inside of us. Yes. So that education that you received concerning the soil and how it replenishes itself and and how we can aid in the replenishment of the soil is direction for us as human beings. Uh, Dr. George Washington Carver, he, he actually saved the world agricultural economy. Yeah. And that it, that he is he he is the one that suggested rotation planting. Yes. Rotation planting. Uh, the soil in the uh, the uh, south had become de- de- depleted of uh, life giving uh, minerals because they persistently planted the same crop that was cotton. Right. <laughs> right. Totally depleted the soil. And, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, here is something that I would like to offer, too. You know, we are grateful for the national observance of Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. We are grateful for that. And uh, that there were, were many lively uh, celebrations held across this country. Now, someone is going to capitalize off of that. Yes. Someone is going to capitalize off of that. And in a lot of cases, it won't be from, well, I'm I'm not saying this generally, but don't think that the corporate structure have not (laughs) took attention to this nationwide celebration. Oh, yeah. So, So an individual or a group of individuals, uh, can actually come up with with uh, commemorative products that uh, that enhances and educates us about the meaning of Juneteenth. Uh, I, I I want to offer a suggestion. You know, a lot of women wear earrings, and for every one, you are selling two. You're selling a set. We have two ears. Yep. And if there were were earrings designed from natural material that reflects that reflects our heritage, our African American I'm not saying African heritage, our African American heritage. And uh uh put those products online. Put those products out there. 
an individual can do it, a group can do it, but someone is going to capitalize on this national celebration. So let us become creative in our thinking and don't fear uh, to compete in this global market, praise be to Allah, in this global market. So I, I'm, all, I'm offering, uh, it may sound small, but women like wearing earrings. And they all have, have two ears. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so I'm just saying we have to, to keep our eye on, on where the market is going, keep our eye on, on what is current, and know that someone, is going to capitalize on where we are on this nation here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Sister Naima. (laughs) Yes, Brother Kwame. And then we got another caller. I'll I'll open your mic in a moment. Okay, and I just sent it. I just sent it to you, and it's called Oakland Permacultural, and what they have done there in taking the land and they've taken vacant lots and they've turned it into a permacultural place in which they supply the nation nationwide they create the plants and the trees the fruit trees the the different trees the different perma uh plants to distribute around the country and what they do is they have taken prisoners that have come out of prison and this is a a skill that they're teaching to the prisoners how to grow the plants and how to take a cha- the plant and splice them together to make another one from it. And so they have made a major thing that they're doing now as a business. And the other part of it is they have a 90% uh, rate of not returning to prison because all of those people that come in to work with this program begin to find themselves doing constructive and they're not going back to prison, but they're happy to be able to do something that they see growing to help other people. These are the type of programs that we need to begin to do because we have those that come out of those those captivity places and we have not anything to offer them and they come back into the same community and get that, that revolving door. So how do we, as a people, bring in that? What we have is million-dollar zip codes, million-dollar zip codes, because we have our youth coming out of those zip codes that are in the institutions that they get millions of dollars for. How do we bring that money back to our community? I think that is a brilliant thing. I'm going to contact these people and see if we can have them on because I definitely would love to see that spread to every every state in the nation. It doesn't make sense for us to have people in institutions and then have them come out to nothing. They could be learning these things while they're in institutions. Another thing that we're proposing is that when anybody's convicted, what, with their conviction comes a, a, a game plan, a business plan, uh, a life plan on how they're going to heal from whatever damage inside of them that made them do whatever they did, but also prepare them for the work they're going to do when they come out, and it will be work that is enhancing the community that they may have helped to disrupt. 
so that they're actually, the time that they're serving is actually serving them, and they're ready to come out and be of service and be transformed. So that's our that's our one goal of, with what we're going to do with the, 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 the prison situation. One of the, one of the biggest one of the biggest farms in this country is in Angola prison down there in Louisiana called the farm. They've made documentaries on it. They supply this prison system of the South. You have the federal penitentiary. Look up Unicor. Unicor is the, the biggest corporation that does not pay taxes by the federal prison and they manufacture all of the items used and even scud missiles and the things that, that are used in the prison system. So, pardon? Yeah. Well, now, the thing is, yeah, that, which yeah. we talked about okay. uh, a bit on, on, on Monday, the thing is to make sure that the prisons don't become the the slave industry so that you're getting free or nearly free labor in doing these things. Our objective has to be to repair the person who has gone into the prison and prepare them for the productive work they're going to do when they leave the prison, but certainly not to misuse them as slave labor while they're in the prison so that other corporations can benefit from low-paid labor, which is what the prison system is right now. It's an extension of the slave system so that major, many of these major corporations get free labor, and then when the people come out, they won't hire them because they had a prison record. Now, you know that's crazy, but that's, that's what's happening now. That's what we're going to change. And also, to, to the point that Brother Kareem made, we talked about that on Monday as well, we already know that every time there's, an, there's a holiday, there's going to be an economic agenda behind it. There's going to be some capitalization behind it. There's going to be some money-making behind it. So he's right. We need to be thinking of products that can honor this holiday because there's going to be some people who don't care one bit about slavery or freedom or anything else, but they see in dollar signs, and they're figuring out how they can market this holiday back to us and have us pay for it like we do everything else. So we should be the ones to create the products that commemorate the holiday, whether it's, you know, commemorative earrings or clothing or whatever it is, because somebody said Monday, now you know they're going to, you know, next thing you're going to see next year, the oh, the Juneteenth mattress sale. You know, I mean, they're going to find a way to extend that into something commercial because that's what America does. It monetizes everything. So if we're smart, like, like Kareem is saying, we will find a way to create products that honor this holiday so that it is a teaching mechanism and not just something to exploit us and make us spend money. You know, the, 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 the uh, point that we're aiming at is to take us off of the dole. Yeah. To, to take us off of, of, uh, of constantly receiving charity. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm an advocate of charity. But the hand that gives the charity is elevated up above the hand that receives charity. Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, uh, the idea there's nothing wrong with us saying, how can we make money? How can we right. make money? Money is not a bad word. No, it's just a how means can of exchange. We make money. Right. Uh, right. Uh, 
appreciate charitable efforts, and there will always be charitable efforts. The the, the it, in scripture it says the the the, the, the poor shall be with us always, but not in such great numbers. You know, that's what I said. Not in such right. great numbers. How do we enhance our income? Absolutely. Take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach, and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on The Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing, where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibration. Shalom. dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel. Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325, and press 1 to speak.
joy. And I'm Reverend Rosemary. Join us every second Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time, here on the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show for Neighborship of Joy. We'll have powerful conversations inviting women to walk in the light. So call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak to the host. You can also join us live on the Female Solution Facebook page and YouTube channel. See you on the second Saturday on the Neighborship of Joy. seems to be your health is our highest value. Gold Care was founded by Dr. Simone Gold, who is um, the founder of um, America's um, Frontline Doctors. And I got this business card uh, about a fortnight ago when I was um, outside of Springfield, Missouri at that DeterminedPatriotismConference.com. Uh, ah. And I would just say that um, they pay by way of these gold tokens. Goldback.com, founded by um, this fellow who was on Mike Adams, the Health Rangers show several months ago. His name is Jeremy Corbin. Uh, they, I want them to print mint. Um, millions and billions of Harriet Tubman's face, $20 denominated um, uh, United Notes, AURUM, A-U-R-U-M, which is gold embossed paper-like money, uh, one one-hundredth of an ounce for each individual note within the uh, Federated State Bank of 
North America, not the U.S. Federal Reserve System, which will be subsumed into Federated State Bank of North America, of which one Andrew Clarence Merrill Nelson is its creator and founder. That's big. Well, you know, and for those who don't recognize the voice, this is uh, our dear brother, Andrew Nelson Bay from Chicago. Well, you know, Andrew, that's one thing that we're also seeing. Money is whatever we agree it is. And so we're seeing things like Bitcoin and other kinds of currencies. We're seeing electronic currencies. We're seeing things created that if the general public agrees this is what we can use as an exchange, then we'll do that. And once we realize that we have the power to decide what money is, then we're free from a system that excludes us from money created by other people. So I I greatly admire your fun in creating a means of exchange so that people can realize that we don't have to see ourselves as broke. We can create our own money. And there's nothing stopping us from to honor something that we create. You're exactly right. This is the very thing that I'm doing. And yes. that's why this flag of the Federated State Bank of North America, rather than 50 stars, has 56 characters, upper and lower case, uh, alphabets, A, B, C, D, F, G, H, D, W, L, F, Y, Z, uh, ampersand, which is the and sign, which is the 27th uh, letter in the English alphabet. Then there's a five, six, and eight-sided star to make 56. So you have uh, rank and file seven by eight, which is five, six. Yep. Keep, keep working it. Keep, keep making it happen. I tell you, we, <laughs> we are using our creativity today, and thank you so much for calling in. We're seeing ourselves as empowered and not as victims. And when we see ourselves as empowered, then we can think, as they say, outside the box. And we can create that which does not yet exist, but will exist once we create it. So let's do it. Area code 773-984. Mike is open. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your comments. My name is Rashida Ali, calling from <clears throat> Chicago. Um, first, I want to make an announcement. Um, Saturday, we're having um, an event at um, Burnside Park, 9400 South Greenwood, on behalf of uh, my homeless deceased brother. Uh, we're having um, a homecoming event, a going event at the Burnside Park um, from 2 to 9, from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Saturday. And so, then, Rashida, was um, there something recent that happened with your brother? Is it, was this a recent transition? Yes, recent. Um, he had, um, had been injured uh, through some violent act in the community, and so... While I was away, my other brother put him in a nursing home, and there he caught COVID four times and passed on. So um, we're having the uh, members of him. I, I'll send you uh, 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 some information on it. Uh, Saturday, we're going to have something at the Burnside Park uh, remembering his life. Then well, my to, whatever uh, grief. <laughs> that his passing brings, I know that when you have a sibling leave, that's 
That's a different kind of pain. But, of course, no one ever really leaves. They just transition. But their physical absence does affect our hearts. So my love and prayers to you. And no, definitely. I'm not really grieving over my brother. I I, I really learned um, uh, through the homicide of my grandson about grieving the loss of someone you love. So I, I've been working on that, but I'm just remembering his life and all the good that he did during his life here. And so we're having, you know, a, a community involved with some of the professors and other people in the community, and I'm just inviting those, and, you know, for a little social outlet and uh, uh, just something to uh, uh, during the time of mourning uh, to make it a better memorance of the person than just mourning. So we're having that. But uh, another reason why. Yes. Rate the life yes. because the time that they spent is valuable. They touched people and they they shared their gifts and their knowledge and their experiences. So we want to celebrate their life and how it touched us. And so mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an occasion of joy when we really look at it that way. This is someone that we had the the, the gift of knowing that touched us in a so we certainly we we appreciate all celebrations of life because all life is important. Yeah. All life yeah, that's, that's meaning after the death of someone we love. It's always a meaning. So um, uh, another thing I want to uh, participate with you all on the, the um, developing programs because I did develop a pen book um, program for students um, to learn agriculture and get a scholarship and um, horticulture. So now I have an incentive uh, to give uh, uh, and to motivate those students for that help to develop the farms or, or participate in that type of program. I would like to join on with um, someone who or a group who's doing that, especially in Pembroke, since I helped develop the scholarship program at Kane City College. Um, I have a program for any youth I've been working on that since my grandson was killed. Uh, any youth that participate in our nonprofit activities uh, as far as work, um, the first $100 that they earn would be a benefit plan invested in gold coins for that particular student. Or, or anyone who helps to develop uh, the uh, horticulture, agriculture program. So I would like to know when you all meet uh, on that uh, issue and uh, offer the benefit plan I have already designed for the youth. And yes, we'll be calling on you real soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for okay. uh, being willing to be a part of a positive program of weed development, we will be calling on you very soon as we prepare to to teach, inspire, to uh, help develop land, and we have had an opportunity to demonstrate how these things work, how it is possible, 
and of course we got our sister uh, Maika that's out on the farmland in Pembroke, who is working with the farmers out there. And so land is everywhere, right, right next door, you know. So we're going to definitely be calling on you as we work with redeveloping this land right in our urban communities that's already growing medicinal plants that we simply are not aware of because we haven't studied it. So you, you've studied horticulture, so you will be a valuable asset to this process. we got some comments here I want to share with you all. We've got a bunch of folks that's been watching us uh, with us on Facebook and YouTube, and and Zelda says, that those, co- <laughs> that those collard greens in your backyard, the romaine lettuce is delicious. <laughs> Can we rent your backyard? Yes. I, I, I had an opportunity to share with my dear sister Zelda my homegrown, my homegrown collard greens and my homegrown romaine lettuce, and, and hey, she's verifying that it is delicious. So we, we're getting ready to, to expand our farm. And definitely, <laughs> and she says, those collard greens in your garden are simply scrumptious <laughs> with no meat. Yes, right, there's no meat in it, y'all. And she says, you'll be my guinea pig girl for life. Yeah, we're gonna, well, we're, gonna, uh, we're also uh, creating a product of uh, white clover tea. It grows in abundance, and we, with our blindness, see it as a weed to kill, when that is, in fact, another plant that Mother Earth uses to replenish its its nutrients that have been de- depleted. And I've discovered that white clover tea also helps with your respiratory problems. What did we just have here? <laughs> Didn't we just have a pandemic where people couldn't breathe? Mother Earth was trying to give us the medicine from growing right on the ground. What do we do? We killed it because we all got the weed. White clover. We're, we're, we're studying that now, and we're going to be creating some teas with that. So I'll gladly share it with those who are willing to try it out. And she says, corporate America is partly responsible for the development of Juneteenth <laughs> to be able to profit from this holiday. She's right. That's like that's just what you were saying, uh, Brother Kareem. And then, of course, Jody Susan, our Tuesday host, says, Grand Rising. She says, Great point has been made. And and my daughter, Jessica Leah Ingram, the great writer, you're going to be hearing from her as her book gets ready to come out. She says, Hey, now. She says, New transportation service coming through. Yes. And she says, Hey, Mama Naima Latifi. Yes. And, um, Zelda says the female solution should have a food truck. That's right. Uh, Weed Mobile, dandelion tea for the days. Oh, there we go. All right. Anybody got a truck for sale? She just put the thought out there. We'd we be ready to to, 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 to get a, a mobile vehicle so we can go around and do this work we've just said. So, yes. Well, thank you all for your comments. So we, we got some high energy here, Brother Kareem, and, uh, and Brother Bob Kwame, we certainly appreciate all the information you have shared because we are going to put this in motion and see it manifest. And Baba Kwame uh, also shared the information about the uh, life inside an Angola prison, the farm. Oh, yes. So... What we can do with our brothers and sisters that are incarcerated, those those 
prisons need to become universities where we are teaching and preparing people to come out and do the kinds of service work that is needed, but also prepare them to earn and not exploit them while they're in there because they can be students and they can be developing themselves with a vision of what they want to contribute to the society that they may have helped to hurt. And uh, and, and, and Zelda says the men are always on point, so she's definitely giving uh, kudos to Baba Kwame and Brother Kareem for sharing insight and wisdom, and we thank you all so much for all you do every week on The Female Solution. So we got time for one last one last comment. Uh, uh, Brother Kareem, you got a thought? Or Baba Kwame, you got a thought you'd like to share before we go? Yeah, uh, we yes. actually, actually monetize our creative spirit. Yes. Monetize, turn it into income. Yes. Uh, I'll stop right here. We only have 90 seconds left to talk. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, and... I could, only thing I would say in looking at monetizing and, and creating into today, money stands for John Rudolph Price book Abundance, my own natural energy yields. It's how we use our own natural energy that will yield us the not just the fiat, but the ability to be wealthy in the community. That's right. There we go. My own natural energy yield. We're going to put it together and make it happen. Look out for it, and we will definitely direct you. uh, As we set up the page on our Female Solution uh, website, the page where you can be a part of this monetization and profit share. come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsamida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci. Spain, gracias, Italy, grazie, Egypt, shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, 
Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessing.